0: Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to episode two of the You Don't Need a CMO podcast. My name is Ryan Sullivan. I'm the producer and host of the podcast. Uh, But with me today, I had Chris Hansen, founder of You Don't Need a CMO. We also had Anthony Giordano, founder of Monad Marketing, two really high-level, interesting people in the marketing field. Um, They shed a lot of light on on a lot of different topics regarding marketing. So if you're listening to the audio version, uh, make sure to check out the video version on YouTube. Um, All of the links to all of our LinkedIn's are going to be in the show notes. So without further ado, enjoy episode two of the You Don't Need CMO podcast.
1: But okay, so going back into, you know, we're discussing so small businesses, probably most marketers, marketing agency people, interns, founders start off in the small business world if they're not coming from a brand or another agency. Um, and I think even startup founders a lot um, probably work maybe in a different maybe business development capacity but since it's so ubiquitous and out there um, you're taught a certain way to think about marketing as far as let's say you're a lawyer or something which is probably that lawyer real estate probably more typical for marketers to deal with than retail or restaurants given you know kind of the differences and what's involved um You've got a lawyer, you have maybe a marketing channel, AdWords, um, local SEO, whatever it may be, and boom, you just copy their copy, maybe enhance it a little bit, right? Um, And generally speaking, you don't get results because most marketers (laughs) don't get results. Um, Startups need to get results. Um, It's mandatory. It's mandatory Mm -hmm. if you're not getting results as a company. Your investors are not going to be happy. Your team is not going to be motivated, um, and eventually, your life is going to collapse around it. So it's kind of when we're dealing with startups, especially um, the earlier stage um, ones, it's really a life. Marketing is really a life or death. Could save it, the It could save the entire yeah, company. A win or a fail, basically. A lawyer, or a real estate company, or a big brand is never. They're always going to have clients they have most um, businesses, services companies get contracts, through referrals, and, and their network. Um, which is also marketing. Which is so also paid advertising. Yeah, 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 and yeah. a lot of times,
2: people who are especially new to marketing do focus so much on they start uh, marketing, marketing, paid ads, Okay, Google and Facebook, and they don't a think number. that really marketing is every connection point between you or your business mm-hmm. and your customer. You're a walking market Absolutely. of yourself. You're right? the best yeah. marketer of your exactly. own business when you're starting. Mm-hmm. And then right, exactly. every time one of your employees or a contractor has an interaction with somebody else, that's also part of marketing. Mm-hmm. How do you arm those people
0: with the right information to be able to go and really put them out? This is it? probably like one of it's probably the best. I mean, yeah. like it's it has to be. I mean, it maybe not the most um, you know, broader to get like the numbers, but effective. Definitely, yeah. definitely, and and
2: it builds trust. I'm sure we'll talk more about trust during yeah, this. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is one of the most trustworthy channels. And can it scale? Mm-hmm. Well, if you just rely on one person and sort of organic, then no, word of mouth will probably not yeah. scale that well, except for a limited number of products that just are amazing experiences. Right. Um, right. But yeah, how do you about, yeah. how do you
1: create the structure, the processes, the information, so that something like that can scale? The fundamentals apply. At a greater level, I was just talking to a guy, has a company called Learn Lounge. We did an event at a, a workshop or like a start, it's called StartEd or like a EdTech accelerator. Um, they were doing a one week program. We went and we did a workshop there. Um, they're building a student ambassador program to yep. bring people in. It's like kind of like tutors, the school already provides the tutors. They just have to get the students involved and that's the value, reduce, you know, I, I almost said churn rate, but that's <laughs> yeah. probably not the term for kids that are not graduating. Yeah. Attrition? Yeah, but attrition. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that where my head is at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so they, I mean, I, I was thinking that's really a word-of-mouth referral strategy. You're just yeah. adding tools into the playbook. So whether it's email, whether it's social media, influencers, ads, all the same essentials that are being used in a business-to-business referral setting, can be used in new capacities. Yeah,
2: and they can be compared to what you would initially think of as marketing channels, digital marketing channels, sure. or even TV. I mean, you can look at them and compare on a customer acquisition cost something like a street oh, team. team. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what we do with Park U, which is the main acquisition channel are brand ambassadors that are hired and then given the information to go out and properly um, you know, engage with people to get them on the platform. And right. they're actually more efficient than About five or six different digital channels that we've also tested.
1: Now, to go into that in one more detail, so for people who've been coming from a traditional marketing background, how would you say those kind of people can address testing out these different channels um, if they're not aware in their industry about it? you know the basics where to get started yeah
2: I mean where to get started is really customer first Um, I mentioned that's why I got into marketing but it is really the the foundation of okay how do I know how to market something just go out and ask your customers and if you don't have any potential customers or you don't have any current customers find out who you want as customers go speak to them where do you find out information and that can be social channels that can be personal conversations um, you know it can be whatever it is and then what are the things you can do in those channels to have your brand interact in the right way? Yeah. Is it content, is it ads, is it hiring a street team to go out on the street? You know, That's basically the, the foundation of it, is yeah. where are the customers, where they from getting the
0: information? And from kind of should and I think, basically not take off, but you would then well, go you, in a direction. You yeah, and then, the then you want to
2: put in your, your testing process. You want to make yeah. sure that when you put something out there, you're able to measure it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the simplest thing, how much are you spending? How much response are you getting? Whether it's either new customers mm-hmm. or some metrics in between them being reached and being new customers, sure. you know, make sure from the beginning, which is you know n- not always done, um, is to make sure that you can track um, you know how much response you're getting.
1: Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. I think you know, kind of one other thing, um, with respect to startups, kind of acquiring this knowledge, everybody's going to be familiar with customer interviews. Um, Every single accelerator in the book, from the big ones, Y Combinator, Techstars, et cetera, to the small local ones, emphasize the principles of owning startup and doing customer interview tests. But it's all centered around the product, for the most part. Um, You're trying to build a product that fits the market. What people don't realize is the process that us sophisticated marketers use to do branding and messaging and even channel you know, research or acquisition research is essentially the same questions that you're asking for a product. We're just thinking about it in terms of how we can apply it to the marketing. I
2: mean, when I've worked with some founders, we've been doing customer interviews and I'll put on the questionnaire basically what I just said to you, which is, okay, where do you get your information from? Where do you find out about new things from? And I've been questioned, oh, why do we need that on this? on this questionnaire, I'm like, well, just don't. if you don't know yeah. how people are going to find out about your product, yeah. then it's going, you're going to have much tougher time, sure. you know, actually getting it out there. And it's a lot it more It seems almost
0: like too simple of a, of a question. Yeah. It's like the cliches are truths. Thing. Like a lot of them are true for a reason, right? Like yeah. It. And then, yes, build on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you have a right. channel,
2: um, you know, that's highly competitive and highly cluttered with either your direct competitors or just cluttered in general, then consider that and and maybe that's not the best channel to start in, right? Because when you're talking about startups, local businesses, the resources are limited. You're not going to overspend anybody, Um, you know, so you have to prioritize the spaces that
0: you think you can capture a good amount of share there, get a good presence there. Just because people in the same industry or companies in the same industry are using that channel doesn't mean that it's your your best channel to use, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: I think the one thing, I think you can go too far in terms of being scared away from a certain channel, especially in industries that have been around for a while Mm. or where people have seen significant success if it's in their own niche. There's a reason why those companies are using that channel. It's not to say other channels can't have a return from you, but especially when you're trying to build up that beta, whatever it is, audience, you've got to go where the money is. You can spend some time testing out other channels. but I think in, in one way in particular that we, you know, we use to, and I don't know if you've ever done this, um, to eliminate a certain channel, is to look and see if competitors spent money on it or had traffic from it and then stopped using it.
2: Yeah, I okay. mean, yeah, yeah, that's an indicator. I don't think because there's high clutter that you avoid something. High clutter on many channels. Sure, but you do need to understand what you're getting into. If you're going to, if you know, if Facebook and Instagram are going to be your main marketing channels when you start, you have to be aware that costs have increased dramatically in the last two years. And if you look at a case study from two years ago about a competitor in your space, and they talk about a, you know, acquisition cost of X, just
0: be aware it's going to be two, three, four X. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, at this point, and thus
1: it will continue exactly in this direction, or most likely. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, getting into, I think you know people like to hear a lot about like individual marketing channels, and obviously it's such a different um, path for any industry, and you have to do research into what is there. Um, but I guess kind of quickly in your experience, if you could go through the do's and don'ts, what is something that you, that is not great for amateurs? Mm. an amateur is an offensive word but uh it's an honest word i mean novices yeah to get into um versus things where people can pick it up easily and kind of use it while you're fundraising or working on that next round
2: yeah i mean i i think that maybe maybe amateurs and and novices and experts is is kind of one way to break it out but i I would think that probably another way you'd want to look at is what will you get immediate response from and what will you have to do over a period Good of time. time. Yeah. And and especially in early stage businesses and local businesses, there's a huge tendency to prioritize direct response, immediate, you know, what can I get an immediate response? Right, yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. User acquisition, over branding. And I think now as we're starting, you know, as some of these startups um, you know, from six and eight and ten years ago, have grown. Um, you know, the the emphasis on branding is a lot higher, and mm-hmm. even the fan companies now. You saw the largest increases in spending. A report just came out, I believe, yesterday. You know, showing that now they're increasing spending significantly and spending hundreds of million dollars on more branding activity. Right. So right, yeah. it's certainly important. Uh, and you know, to get to your question, I think you need to to have a mix of channels and use them appropriately. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Your digital media channels are really important to test out some some concepts, the way that you speak about your value proposition, mm-hmm. who you target, learn as much as you can about who you're targeting and how you're communicating that. Yep. Not necessarily look to them as long-term um, sustainable customer acquisition channels, just because the opportunity, you know, it's all about sort of balancing the, the cost and the benefit. And right now, the cost bar is just swung really high. Yeah. Um, you know, but then you want to find channels that really can help build the business long term. And that's where you do need to be testing something and really testing one at a time. Is that content to build SEO? Is that a referral program. You know what are these type of things the that podcast, podcast. Yeah, what what are these things that you're not going to see immediate return on, but you're going to focus on one because you really believe it fits with your business and your customer. Yeah. And then um, you know you're going to kind of see all right, X number of months from now, are we successful in this? Should we keep doing it, or then do we? Look
0: but that balance is pretty is key. For, it is for the short and the long. Yeah, it is that like in anything.
1: Is yeah, yeah makes sense too. And then a lot of times you don't have, yeah, you don't have the flexibility to really go test back and forth. Um, So that's why it's even more important to have the branding laid out initially. Otherwise, now I wouldn't say you have to go in there and, you know, you don't have to be Amazon, but you definitely want to come in having done your research and having a clear positioning from customer interviews and that kind of thing, because otherwise it's Basic statistics, right? It's kind of may confound the results of whatever marketing channels you're running if your branding is not consistent with.
2: Yeah, and also if you're only running direct response ads, if you if every time somebody yeah. sees something from you, it's our product is better than this. Now here's a twenty five percent discount and go buy. Yeah. And they never see really why the brand is so impactful.
0: Or like real like somebody. content. Yeah, actual content, content right? Yeah. form video and PR. Storylines, right? yeah, something, yeah. If the storylines aren't yeah.
2: part of it, then sure. you know you end up just devaluing your brand over time. And now there's finally some research coming out that yeah. really enforces this and shows that you know over time you're probably general guideline to be at slightly above fifty percent branding,
0: but that that hmm. does evolve in its industry through yes, okay. the years. And like as you said, like previous ten years, it yeah. wasn't. That and yeah, but, but I guess the channels that. have influenced that, so probably yeah. as well, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah. that actual content because you couldn't, there was yeah. no content. I mean, the content was the ad basically, you know, until you could have an Instagram profile or you know, yeah, that, yeah, cool. you know, whatever. Facebook.
1: Now, what's what does your branding process look like when you start working with a new client?
2: Yeah, so it's about understanding why their brand exists, what's really their purpose, why are they there, and helping them perform right. that in a way that um, that is relevant both to their business and customer, and looks at, at the long term. Sure. Right. So, what's your purpose? And you can you can frame that as a, as a mission statement sure. or a purpose. You know, kind of two things that are true about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, how are you going to um, explain the values of of what you are? And usually, there are a few values to sort of you know be the foundation of anything you do this is what's going to come as a subset almost yeah Yeah. Um, and and then a positioning how is this then going to be expressed to um, you know to customers and prospective customers Um, and it is done in a collaborative way I mean as we mentioned before marketing is extremely important to uh, especially early stage businesses, but all businesses. Okay. Um, but it's also not, you know, okay. Bring in the marketing guy, and then he'll do stuff. And just right? let him go? And yeah. Like no, we need <laughs> <Not> more information, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And once you develop this branding, everybody has to live it. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has to understand it. When I was um, heading up marketing for Vegberry, which is a direct consumer uh, business um, operating out of the UAE, mm-hmm. there okay. were people who were going into to retail locations, and they were selling the product to retailers. Um, it's now available in over 200 stores throughout the UAE and they had to know, okay, what is this proposition of the food you know? How is this you know and granted this also to people who English wasn't their first language, so you have to make it something simple and that's like a lot of people can understand. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has to live. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like well it's building the identity, I guess. Yeah. For your potential client or whoever. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Now going to the international thing, that's the, how do you approach that? It's, it's a company that's doing operations in multiple countries or, or very different markets. U.S. Um, are Europa.
2: you saying the the company is operating in different markets? Correct. Yeah, they're selling both. Oh,
1: um, so let's say like a SaaS company or. Yeah, I mean.
2: Cause it depends on their. It depends on their structure. Right. So, do they have one global team? Do they have local teams? Uh, if you're talking about making sure that the branding is consistent throughout, then you have to develop a clear sort of Distinctly. brand packet. And yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I definitely learned a lot of this while I was uh, working on Nestle, and we had a campaign, Maggie Diaries, that was conceptualized in the Middle East and then rolled out to other markets. Mm-hmm. And we had to create, you know, this. Presentation, which then could be served to every market, so they can know. All right,
0: what is this about? Yeah. How do we implement it locally and give them the and tools? You got to think about culture own. too, right? I mean, that's what you're thinking yeah. about. Is is it going to even apply in this culture? Do they even understand you know, this story? <laughs> Does it make sense to them? Right? And yeah.
2: that's a great point because you yeah. also have to get insights from the local market up. Exactly. So it can't from just the ground, ground. Up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it can't Rather be the all top down. down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It has to be flexible for the different markets.
1: Got it. Um, I guess so. What from having done the the larger companies to working with startups? Once you get into like let's say six months deep into a project, when do you typically? I know it's a hard question to answer, but when do you typically see results? Because I think a lot of startup founders, you know, they want to work with the market or what CMO etc. You don't need to see a no. But um, I take that back. Um, <laughs> But what would you? When do you typically see results? That's a big question. <laughs> it it is. Yeah. it is, and it's. Uh, but, it, but it's a crucial good
0: question. Yeah, at yeah. no, the same time.
2: And I mean, sure, I'll I'll give the blanket statement because it's true that every company is going to be different, and some have different sales cycles, which can be, you know, one day two months. Um, I think as a as a marketer, you have to come in and strategically position what are your uh, quick wins that you're going to get. To show things that are showing that people are responding to what you're doing, Um, and then from there, I mean, you really have to advocate for marketing within the company. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that um, you know that people understand what's going on, that people know what you're doing and why you're doing it. They
0: want it as much as you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can,
2: you know, with it being such a test and learn experimentation Mm -hmm. process, especially in growth marketing. Um, hey, there are going to be tests that don't work yeah. and you have to condition people for that at the beginning so you yeah, know that's they're,
0: they're thinking well isn't their job it's supposed right. to work right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I brought you on so grow yeah, up yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like, yeah, I know it's
2: not an exact timeline but that's sort of the thought
0: process behind how to set expectations yeah. and um, you know plan for results it's human behavior you're trying to predict it and influence it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Even the best best practices, uh, you know, completely Some applications, it's just not the same, yet. yeah. It doesn't work, It's there's no one size fits all, right? Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, you know, um, um, my kind of perspective on that, I think you should see something pretty quick with, with the startup. Um,
2: and when you say something,
1: Let's let's look at something specific. Let's talk about SaaS yeah. or something. B2B SaaS, you know. Let's say a cybersecurity company. If there are not one if there's not one lead there in 10 weeks. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. You have a yeah. problem. Yeah. You need to have something. If one person yeah. can discover your site or your app whatever it is um, organically or obviously paid, but I, I would say if you're paying for it, you should see a conversion. Um, but let's just say you're entering a conversation, they're doing a demo, they filled out a lead form. You've got to see something yeah. that, that matches your customer profile. Yeah. I would put it at under two months.
2: Yeah, um, and probably. I don't disagree and I think there's an underlying assumption there to your point, which what was the metric that you referenced was a lead? Yeah, that's absolutely. something that's marketer controlled. You can bring in a lead. You can bring in a lead, right? But yeah, sure. if you're going to say you should definitely get a sale within two months, well, maybe you brought in 15 qualified it leads, on and yeah. you know, some, if you're something not, else the I marketer
1: is to. generally not responsible for the sale. They're not responsible for the product. Mm. Um, Depends, where. Depends, Depends
2: where. Depends where. Depends where. Consumer-focused startup, I'd say you're. You would be. Yeah, you yeah. are a lot more accountable. The sales. The roles.
1: And we do a lot of flexes. I, I have a company. The, the last podcast we did, Task Human is a client, their fitness app, we wanted them to change the opening screen. There's a video, Jeff on the opening screen. Hmm. Sign up rate of the people who download, who actually sign in with Facebook, 15 percent. Hmm. So you're getting maybe like ten thousand downloads a month and you're not the cut they're not paying. Yeah. Totally free yep. at I that mean, point. They just check. And we're thinking, how is that? Where is that coming from? Are our sources of downloads low quality? Yeah. Do we need to be doing push notifications? That's both on the marketing end. Yeah. Occasionally, there's stuff on the product end. But in that case, you have to, your marketer has to make it um, clear. Well, that you that's, identified that that was... Yeah, yeah that they've identified that. Yeah. If they haven't identified those problems, they're not doing their job either.
2: And yeah, to that point, as much as you can proactively build in places where you're getting some response or feedback from customers whether that's you know just looking at their behavior or if that's actually building in a short questionnaire you know multiple choice or you know something that they have the opportunity to feedback um, information yeah if you have 10,000 people downloading this and you know zero people are saying anything and they're just churning then I don't know that that could be that maybe it's bot traffic or you know yeah. maybe, that, maybe there's a different you know answer. But I think what you can do as a marketer is build in those
1: feedback points for,
2: and find like oh, yeah. try to find it as yeah.
0: best you can right yeah
1: yeah and there's no standard process for that but
2: yeah I mean there there are a lot of tools out there certainly yeah. um, you know you get some of the like for websites like Hotjar and things like that you know will help you to to at least see um, what's happening on the site. And, you know to see heat maps and, and recordings which is a nice where thing. people are navigating to. Yeah. yeah I mean you can certainly send out survey monkey and surveys you know through if you have a good email list you can
1: do that um, you know there are tools out there but okay. yeah, you have to customize it to yeah. what you need one other thing to kind of get into and I know we're kind of shifting around but second podcast picking your brain <laughs> go for it um, personalization yeah so a lot of companies will have different customer segments. You're Maybe you're a ed tech company, you're targeting teachers, you're targeting students. Maybe you go even deeper. You're targeting poor performing students, you're targeting um, good performing students. The good performing students are overachievers. The bad performing students are gonna, are gonna get kicked out. Mm. Um, but the product is both, the tutoring product, applicable to both of them. Um, on every channel, you can always cut down further, whether it's email, doing personalized campaigns, ads, content, where do you stop the personalization? (laughs) Because in many cases when the company is small, and by small I just mean, I don't necessarily mean not profitable, I just mean small enough where you're not overwhelmed by the volume you're getting, whether it's downloads or... Um, basically, you can what, handle it, can handle yeah. it. Keep track right. which leads you into a trap sometimes of over-personalizing. Mm-hmm. If you're spending money to target very specific consumer groups, let's say Facebook ads, and it's an yeah. audience of a thousand people, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're spending 50 bucks a week or something, <laughs> which a lot of early stage marketers do do, or they do suggest doing, because they think That the smaller the better, and you're cutting the waste. Uh, Most Facebook advertisers will know larger audiences in a lot of cases tend to do better um, because of like statistic variability. Really niche. Rather than going really niche. And there's a value to niching, but. That was one of my questions, actually. That's perfect. I think this this can be conflated with the product thing as well, the product branding question. In that people tend to over-niche on channels mm. without any evidence, just based on, like, pontification. Yeah. So,
2: if you take the consumer side, right. would you agree that an individual consumer wants everything personalized for them in an ideal world? Right now, they know that personalization is possible, and right. and they expect personalization. Without being, like too weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't think they expect uh, you know my dad like to say their name necessarily. No, but, but they do it makes them look like like the feel word. good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Alexa? Yeah.
2: Personalized my right there. Yeah. Um, so so consumers certainly want it. So as as personalized as you can get and if you can do it quantitatively, then I think that's your best. That's your best bet. That's your best Keep bet. Keep track. Yeah. And I think you brought up some numbers, right? Which, okay, how much is it costing you to reach somebody? How much is it costing you to convert them in these you know, niche audiences? Um, I agree with you that you know, with the amount of machine learning that Facebook has right now, in a lot of situations, it does make sense to go after the large audience and just have Facebook optimize it. You'll end up what getting do you, can better Can you response. break that
1: down for people who don't know what that means? Um, And with respect to the machine learning on Facebook ads. Yeah,
2: so what Facebook is going to do is know a whole lot of data about you which are the things that you probably expect them to know like your interests and your friends and then also a lot of things that you don't even realize you're doing. So when you're looking at an ad, are you scrolling past it really quickly or are you hovering over it? it, Yeah, Yeah. when you're on other websites that you don't even realize you're still signed on to Facebook, what are you looking at there? How are you interacting with things there? So all this data which are billions of data points, um, fa- the Facebook ad system is going to use those to optimize to the people who are uh, reacting or responding to your ads sure. the most. So their, their machine learning says, okay, um, company X, you want conversions. So every time a conversion happens, they're going to see all the different behaviors traits of that. Of that person, mm-hmm. and once you have, you know, over a certain number of conversions, um, it's like 50 in a week is, is the minimum on Facebook, then um, then it can start developing insights about the type of person or type of people which are more well, likely type to respond. The profile or whatever. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so then it can optimize on something like you know, hovers over this type of content mm-hmm. and doesn't hover over
0: this type of content, which you would never think of when you're creating yeah. your target audience. Okay. So that it almost if once it has enough it'll feed itself basically exactly right? yeah from and a simple feed. perspective yeah. yeah and
2: if you think that the most important purchasing decision is mm-hmm. is somebody a high quality or you know a high achieving or low achieving student mm-hmm. sure um, you know that may be correlated to results 50% of the time mm-hmm. but actually there's some unknown thing like i don't know that they were in a music class when they were in second grade and okay. The same yeah. Weird, yeah. And and you know and that's something that's within Facebook's you know database. Yeah. Then it wow. will start optimizing towards that, which maybe has a seventy percent correlation to somebody who,
1: um, who responds to your ad. Yeah. yeah. Um. It goes deep. If you test, if you play around with this, in, a basic way, mm-hmm. you'll see it. And I think this is a totally separate note. But I think with ads in particular when you put your own money into it, it's very easy to learn the lesson of what's wrong and what's not. And I will say, particularly when I was putting other people's money into Facebook ads, I kept doing personalization, A-B tests, A-B-C-D-E tests of really extraneous crap that didn't matter at all. Mm. Um, And when it was my own money then those A.B. tests, and this goes for anything really, but those A.B. tests start to stick a lot more, and you really get a gist of what works and what doesn't. And there's some general trends with Facebook in particular, and then we're talking about the AdWords thing um, before we started. If you want to get into that um, as well with, um, you know, the the changes between how paid is going to get Uh, more clicks and,
2: yeah, um, so one thing on testing, and this is something that I sure. don't see a lot of, especially speaking about people getting into marketing, they do tests, and then, okay, uh, variation B wins, and now I want to do more of You're that, yeah. and then they continue, and then there are four tests in, and now it's, you know, a you month don't know or two later. Long. They had no idea what, test one is now long forgotten. Yeah. Like, build a knowledge base. It can be an Excel sheet. It can be anything. It can be post-it notes that you stick on a wall that, you know, you have the same wall every day. But... Remember the stuff you've tested and what are the insights and then what are the areas that you thought, okay, maybe this is another something that can work. What are your future test ideas? And that's really important. You're missing out. If you don't, you're not taking advantage. You don't evolve. You don't grow. You just kind of stagnate and keep doing. Or you can go
1: backwards. You can go backwards. Yeah. Reverse, which is not what you want to do. Yeah. Um, on the it's a dangerous of- game to play. To just <laughs> yeah. say, I'm, I mean, sometimes I do this. Like I've done, a, I did a Tinder dating course once when I'm doing Bing Bing ads. Okay. It's a funny story, but um, the numbers were not funny. They were actually pretty serious. Yeah. But, but we did, we did, we were pretty loose with A/B tests. Where it was just <laughs> like, let's just do this one thing, and we never kept track of it. Um, and then at a certain point, we just like what are we doing here there's no way to do it are we going to wipe the whole account and do it again Yeah. Um, and a lot of the companies who we enter with who have been running you know 50, 100,000 whatever they're spending a month on Facebook ads they have that issue where they have a thousand campaigns and there's no way to learn from it I mean you can try to download it look at the audiences analyze it put it into another tool but if there's no knowledge base for them for the data and for the A/B tests, there's no in in
2: that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and it's a shame, you know. Testing is not the end game. Testing is the beginning, the start. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, your your point on on Google Ads and um, Google made a big change probably about a month ago to change the appearance of search ads, especially the page search results mm-hmm. and also the organic search results, and now they look much more similar. Right, yeah. there's no big kind of uh, you know bright Ed. colored head here Ed. yeah now it's that just obvious. a small black you almost have Ed. to look a little bit now you do right yeah. yeah and a lot of people are going to just ignore that have some blindness to it and click so I think that we'll start to see some of it's the clicks no. shift
1: yeah. towards paid uh, and away from organic okay. uh, organic will still be more but you can push. post I'll give you we have an infographic for this that I'll give you to post okay. after this but I think the number is already pretty high as far as people who are clicking on paid versus mm-hmm. organic, organic. Um, totally random thing, but do you do branded ads? So advertise on the brand name. Yeah. yeah. This is a, a kinky type thing, but when you run ads on your brand name, even though you're ranking number one for the brand name, you can control where you're directing them as far as maybe you're putting them on a sales page. SaaS companies do this all the time yeah. or whatever your promo of the week is. And additionally, it, there are people, if let's say your whole page is, you don't need a CMO, you search, you don't need a CMO. The 10 search results, the five ads, it's all you need to see them up. There are people that won't click, still won't click on anything, even if you're on the whole page. It's not guaranteed that you get a click. Putting the ad in there it helps to guarantee the click because you can influence yeah. the messaging.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there's going to be some ways. There, there will be people who would have clicked on the organic result that now no you're going to yeah, pay yeah, for yeah. Um, but you also want to block out competitors there. You don't, you know, you don't want to have competitors taking totally. up all the paid search results at the beginning. So, and especially when you're, um, you know, a newer company may not have the brand recognition. You, you want to be, um, you know, front and center. If somebody's searching, you want to make sure that you're really prominent there. So, yeah, yeah. that's like
0: it, it's your job, you know, know, as or it should be, or especially as like you have somebody doing, or for the mar- from the marketing perspective. Like, if you're not, then well, then people are like, why not? <laughs> yeah, You know, they're like, start asking questions, right?
2: I, I mean, you do yeah. see good behavior on site from people who click on a, on a paid search ad of, of your brand name, mm-hmm. I mean, especially for DTC, uh, you know, direct-to-consumer e-commerce right. businesses. Yeah. You, you do see good results.
1: Yeah, and I think it's that's not just the trend with Google, Amazon, I mean, they're all, it's gonna be pay to play. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. One thing you'll see, this is another random thing that I know just because I've been involved investing in a, I don't know, I don't think you're involved too much with Instagram or anything like that.
2: Uh, some, depends on the, on the company I'm working with.
1: I invested in a, an Instagram automation company, um, with, I'm not going to say who the other person is, but, um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty famous person, but, um, the point is they keep changing, You know, people use Instagram automation bots to follow, get follow backs, or even to DM sales stuff, like sales links, promos. Um, And B2B companies are using this. It's not just e-commerce or fashion or retail or whatever. Um, They keep releasing new updates that puts limits on it and is able to detect automation. Mm -hmm. Um, LinkedIn's already done this. I actually had my LinkedIn account banned for two hours really? on Friday, oh, no. not because of automation, which we were using LinkedIn. Don't post us <laughs> on LinkedIn, but um, no, we're good. <laughs> it be YouTube. Don't post on LinkedIn, but because I was having an assistant log into my account okay. from another location. That was the only reason. And paying for. them to send the messages, so and you weren't paying LinkedIn okay. enough, I assume you didn't have. I no, no, no. I'm paying one 100. fifty a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. uh, but I guess they should introduce. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be introducing a new tier, so oh, that oh, must yeah, be Yeah, the, the, the yeah the premium. But Instagram's actually going to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instagram premium. Well, you're going to be paying for message requests. Facebook already. Why wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Facebook already. We used to do sales on Facebook too where you would message pages like I'm going to redesign your website, here's yep. the mm-hmm. screenshot and it, it works but then you, they've instituted limits on it and it's harder to do. Yeah and that um,
2: personal communication or you know bot communication right. um, in, in terms of Facebook I think that's one of the big opportunities now that although... Oh, yeah. it, the, Companies are just scratching the surface. Um, you know, now it's, it's known that it's an opportunity, but I think that in the next few years we'll see a big shift from um, you know app-based communications mm-hmm. and um, you know even video-based communications to more text
0: and more voice um, interactions with devices. So that that's an area where. Of course, voices just a lot, like getting huge as well. So that yeah. makes perfect sense, and on all perspectives. Yeah. have got Alexa podcasts, like.
2: So how can you have your same experience? It's not not that apps are going away, not that you know websites are going yeah. away, but how could you take your experience
0: and deliver Transfer it over text or over voice? Mm-hmm.
2: And we that's have, something um,
0: everybody should be thinking. Build that about. same I mean, reference in this different genre. genre.
1: Yeah. We had a client that uh, merged basically HubSpot, your blogs into HubSpot newsletters automatically, so you didn't have to do any work. Um, and they basically manage their entire sign-up process through a drift. Hmm. You never hit a sign-up button. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, if you can do that through through text. I mean, it's a more natural way for people to get on and communicate and um, they are comfortable with interacting with businesses over text and over a voice. So if you can do it, um, you know, that's really where there's one opportunity. that's a less crowded
1: space right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool, so yeah, I think how long we've been going for? Forty. Forty. Okay. We could do some more. Um, what else do we want to get into? Some hot topics. Um, I think the there's something I mentioned
2: this before, which is about um, you know, really the goal of marketing right now, which is right. to, to build trust with I was, I was gonna goal. just say, yeah, the trust yeah. Value, That's big it's huge. Um, and, and it is something that I'm doing some um, some research on right now and, and have been for a little while and I'm gonna put out some Content on LinkedIn, and then eventually this will turn into more of a formal like research paper on yeah. trust and marketing. Um, but really, when you if you look take a very top line view of marketing and sort of from the beginning of marketing that the first sort of known ad is actually in the early Roman Empire, and it was a an outdoor uh, flyer which directed people to a gladiator fight. Um, and if you take sort of that that one up until like the early nineteen hundreds of Direct sales, people you know going door to door, or like newspaper classified ads. They're really about availability. It's like just tell people the thing is it's here. Yeah. Yeah. It's here. You can get it. (laughs) You can go see people fight, you can buy you know this at your door, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, find this in the newspaper classified. It's just it's available, it's there. And then you see in like 1920s to 1950s, this is really people start getting disposable income Mm -hmm. outside of the Great Depression. Um yeah. and and consumerism and box is really, stores. Yeah. Yep. Consumerism is really driven by marketing. Right. Um, and there it's, you know, you start to get persuasive language and there yeah. it's okay, what things are relevant to me? And sort of building the need, building that demand, that's when brand personalities come in, demographic targeting company. Exactly. Yep. Um, not to the individual yet, but certainly to the type of person. Okay, okay. gotcha. Um, then you get like um, a little later on, and you get to really the two thousands, and that's where you get to pers- more personalization. Sure. Social media kicks in. Okay, everybody has their individual profiles online. Brands have their profiles online. Brands should behave more like people, yeah. and you get more specific, yeah. you know, uh, targeting towards them. And now, in just you know a twenty year period, now we're at a point with billions of devices and new companies popping up and new companies using data, to personalize things more to each person, we now have a almost unlimited amount of choice with things. So now it comes down to what is the thing that I can rely on? I see all these messages put forward. We have to actually trust what that company is because so many things are Because there's seven dentists, you. like, I yeah. just need one dentist, man. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and they all give you the whitest, cleanest yeah, teeth, right, and, and they all do the same yeah. thing. And yeah. you need a proof point. You need exactly. to see the there Google There used to ratings. be one,
0: and you have to drive like 30, like yeah. back in the day, right? Yeah. Now you go on Google Maps, you see the reviews, you know, you get okay, a, three miles, this guy's four miles, yeah, yeah, four star, four and a half star, yeah. Exactly,
2: and, and that aspect of trust is every contact point you have between your business and a customer. How are you building trust? The people you're speaking with. Do they trust you already, yeah. or do they not know about you and you have to build that trust from scratch?
0: Or do they have to trust somebody that you trust? Yeah. And then right, like is it said, like a different connection? Yeah.
2: Plus? Is it press that that name that mm-hmm. matters to them? Is yeah. it an influencer? Is it you know how many units you sold or you know yeah. what's the important thing that yeah. will help them
1: trust you that you're hmm. going to deliver? Which is obviously a big thing for startups, obviously, because there's no trust. Yeah, so and you don't know, realize that, yes. or mean, you know, a
2: lot don't think about it. They just think, okay, hey, this is our thing. It's better than the other option out there. Okay, yeah. put
1: it we out. Me know people it's better,
0: it. so then other people will know. Like no, exactly. they won't know. They, won't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what you know. Yeah, unless you tell them and you put it in a way that they can understand it. Right? Yeah. yeah,
2: and if you don't have customer testimonials, then okay, what well, what are the other ways? What do that you have? Know? Yeah.
1: A lot of it you can convey through your messaging, though. Yeah, and the storyline. Yeah. yeah, design okay. has a.
2: Completely, irrationally high influence on trust. Yeah, if your product is sold online, your design has to be great. And you see, you know, companies were built this way with Casper and Quip, yeah.
0: companies like that. Cool. It's essential. There is no. It's like the most. It's more, or maybe like top three most important things, probably to. right. Yeah. Would you I, say? I, yeah,
2: I would say that right now. I think especially. it's the one time. theme. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that's the one thing that really is permeating through all marketing is, is building trust. Yeah, I like that you you had and that you you started at the beginning too because you wanted to understand the full perspective. Like I'm 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 like pretty I'm not a huge history guy but I like to read history and like you start to put all the pieces together right like you're probably reading about the Romans and then you're going through the trajectory of it yeah and you're like oh wow I can't believe this is crazy how much this is changed and yeah. gotten tailored and when you're in it when you're it's very tough to see and you are in it, so you yeah. yeah exactly so you're like almost having like a it's like almost like an existential thing you're like wow i'm actually like i could be a part of this influence yeah and you have to take a step back and say okay what was different than yeah from, from now like a steve job jobs like, like what am i doing like yeah no, <laughs> maybe you know yeah. different perspective but yeah same idea
1: yep cool well, I think that uh, we've got some good stuff here. 100%. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed it, and we're going to be doing more of these. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan this will be hosting uh, it. Yeah. Hell yeah. So for hosting. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Thanks, any, guys, thanks, guys. By the
0: Any Anytime. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. awesome stuff. This has been episode two of the You Don't Need a CMO podcast. Um, available. Will be available on all platforms. So, that's it. That's a wrap. And uh, enjoy. And make sure to check out the first one as well. So, all right, guys. Unless you guys want to say something to wrap up, then it's no, about I, it for me. I that's good. Stay yeah. safe. Yeah. Stay safe. Yep. Have fun marketing. Hey, guys. Thanks once again for checking out the second episode of the You Don't Need a CMO podcast. Once again, my name is Ryan Sullivan. I was here today with Chris Hansen and Anthony Giordano. Make sure once again to follow us on LinkedIn. Also, to check out the You Don't Need a CMO website. That's youdon'tneedacmo.com. We're also on all different social media platforms. Uh, including Facebook, Instagram, and all the rest. So make sure to look us up, check out the first episode, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.